Blog Talk Radio. Stephen B's new production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
Good evening, wherever you are in the world, listening to this radio broadcast. Stevie B's Media Production presents What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler, and this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B's Media Production at the Carolina Studio in the great state of North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just grateful for the privilege to bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508. If you have any questions or comments for any of my guests or co-hosts on this broadcast, you can give me a call. I'll send the emails to butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com i call steve b's media production at the carolina studio at 910-491-6405 now again this program is brought to you by members of the churches of christ if you need any assistance locating a congregation in your area please feel free to contact us now folks get out your bibles and study along with us here on what i word from the lord radio show you're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask that you would bow with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, the Father, our Lord, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we're prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, we pray that you would be with my co-host, Lou Gibbons, and my special guest speaker, George Devane, as they break into our listeners, the bread of life. And also my special guest in the community corner, Shonda A. Hill, as she serves our communities with her various talents and gifts to uplift our neighbors. We pray that you would bless them and their families that support their efforts as well. Father, we pray that you would bless our listeners who are tuning in this broadcast via blog talk radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well, and that they may consider their eternal stance before you, and that their hearts may be pricked, and it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, we thank you so much for sending the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. We are just so grateful for his precious sacrifice on Calvary's cross. Well, without such a sacrifice, we will not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask that you will forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak, and we often fall short of thy will. Father, we pray that you will continue to bless us and keep us in love with us all the days of our lives. And if we have been faithful unto death, Father, we pray that you will save us. For it's in Christ's name we do ask it all. Amen. You are listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. In the first segment, my special guest speaker is George Devane. He serves with the High Point Church of Christ there in High Point, North Carolina. He lives in Greensboro. North Carolina. We're looking forward to his presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in the community corner, my special guest is Shana A. Hill. She's an educator from Rocky Mount, North Carolina. Looking forward to talking with her in the community corner. And then to close out the show, my co-host, Lou Gibbard. He serves as the evangelist for the Old Brook Park Church of Christ there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ to close out the show. So open up your Bibles now and open your minds and let's have a great show. After the break, the next one should be that of my special guest speaker, George Devane. Enjoy the show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. 
So lonely night, you pretty. Alright. Coming to the stage, my brothers. We go way back. I'm talking about Luke Street Church of Christ back, y'all. Y'all ready? See I say Mookie. See I say Mookie. Come on down here, boy. Come on down here. Yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, come on, boy. Don't fall, don't fall. We got you. I work for the Lord. Everything I do, yeah, I do for the Lord But some people try to run my life Thinking their way is always right Tell them this, tell them that What you want me to do, put a rabbit on my hat Even though I lend a helping hand I think I ought to test for them It's my way or the highway That's what you say, well that's what you say I can tell you this right now With my Jesus I won't back down Oh Lord, won't you help me To keep my cool, won't you help me I'm not trying to make you mad, but I gotta tell you something bad, yeah. I don't know what you've been told, oh, I'm just trying to live my life, but God keeps trying to bring me down. You keep trying to bring me down, I don't understand your problem. Why you always acting so mean? Why you always acting so mean? I'm gonna live for Christ. I'm gonna live for Christ. I live for God, you can play me One Lord, one faith, and victory You need to be like Jesus when you talk to me You remind me of the blind man But Jesus was the mud on your tongue and the blind man was blind, but you sound dumb You better remember, I'm one of God's sons If you say jump, I won't ask how high The one I answer to is in the sky You can have my love, and that's the way I feel Protect you from that you should give The kids that God loves that But disrespect, I can't take that Why you all acting so mean? 
listening to what a word from the lord radio show give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of jesus christ now my special guest speaker george devane and his subject the persistent widow praise the lord everybody it's a pleasure to come before you once again and uh share the glorious word of god I'd like to thank you brother stevie i share your sentiments uh, I appreciate that prayer uh, that you gave, and we appreciate the opportunity and the platform that you provided uh, to share the word, the word of God. Uh, I mean, all over the world. So we'd like to thank you for the for the great work that you're doing. And now into the Word of God. Let's look at let's look at um, uh, prayer. Speaking of prayer, uh, the widow in Luke 18. We're going to be coming from Luke 18, verses 1 through 8. And we have, uh, that's the Gospel of Luke. He's the only Gentile writer in the New Testament. And uh, Luke 18, 1 through 8. All right? Verse 1. And he spake a parable. That he is is none other than our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He spake a parable unto them to this end, that men always ought to always pray. And not to faint. That means not give up. So we see the master teachers telling us uh, that men, and which goes for women as well, we ought to always pray and not give up. We ought to always pray and not give up. As we read these scriptures, as we go down, this is a very short parable, uh, but uh, it's full, chock full of spiritual nutrients, things that we can take with us that's going to help us walk this walk. And and, uh, and accomplish the will of God in our lives. And uh, and speaking on prayer, if there was ever a time that we needed to learn and and to uh, grow deeper in our prayer lives, it's now, right? When we've got COVID nineteen and we've got wars and things breaking out, uh, we you know we've got a pandemic that that's going on. How many months now? You know, uh, it's time to pray. It's time to, to, to get deeper in our prayer lives. And, and this is what the Lord is trying to get us to do. Verse 2, saying there was in a city. Now, a parable is a, is a story that illustrates the spiritual truth. And we see that our Lord used this method of teaching many, many times. You know, they say if you can, you know, you can use a lot of big words and, and things like that, and people that uh, can, can understand that, they understand it, but, uh, individuals that don't uh, are not on that level, they miss it. Well, our master teacher, the Lord, he had a way of saying it in a way that everybody could get it, you know. 
And uh, so he put it right there, you know, where, where everyone could get it with these stories. And he said there was a, in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. Now, that's a bad testimony in verse 2, terrible testimony. But we know that that exists even to this day. Individuals in authority, and they have no business really being there, but, uh, but they're there, and we got to deal with it, right? So we see in verse 3 that there was a widow in that city who came to him saying, even though he was bad and, you know, he didn't care about people, she came to him saying, avenge me of mine adversary. All right? She wanted justice. She was in a situation where she needed justice. And even though he was uh, a man that didn't fear God and didn't care about people, she still went and asked for what she needed. And in verse 4, it says, and he would not for a while. So we see initially he really didn't comply with anything. But afterward, he said unto himself, though I fear not God, <laughs> nor regard man. So this man is saying the scripture said it about it, and he said it about himself, right? So we know, <laughs> yet because there this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wearies me. Okay? That's an unjust judge. You know, this story reminds me of a, a situation I was in back in the 80s. You know how uh, the judge didn't regard people where I didn't, back in the 80s, I didn't really regard the speed limit. <laughs> so I had to go to court down in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'll never forget it. And I was going to go down there and ask for a, a continuance, you know, uh, attorney, you know, to stand for me way back. I was young, and, uh, and, and uh, I, guess, I guess enough said. But there was a lady that stood before the judge. And uh, we got to sit there, you know, and listen to some of the early cases that happened before lunch. And the lady was standing there. Uh, she had been given a ticket for 110 and a 55. 110 and a 55. She didn't have an attorney, and she just stood up there next to the, uh, uh, I guess it was the district attorney, the DA. And uh, she stood before the judge. And the judge looked at her and said, ma'am, what in the world were you doing? Why in the world were you going so fast? And and the lady said, Judge, I'm going to tell you the honest to God truth. I got a call that night, and my daughter had been in a car accident. And all I could think about was getting to her as fast as I possibly could. So the judge looked at her, and then he looked down, and then he looked back up. And then he turned this picture around that was up on his bench, and he said, uh, you see this young lady right here? And she said, yes. And he said, if that was me and I would have got that call, that's my daughter right there. I love her. I would have done the same thing that you did. Case dismissed. <laughs> well, the whole courtroom, oh, because everyone was like, you know, hey, I'm not in here for no 110 and a 55. And he just let this lady off. But, see, that's justice. Now, justice, she would have gotten ticketed, and that ticket would have stood, right? Might have even lost a license. Who knows? But justice has always been tempered mercy. See, we can follow that all the way back to the Old Testament. Justice is tempered with mercy. So the judge understood that. And that's, see, that's like righteousness. 
taking all things into account. And I'm going to tell you something else while we're still talking about that. One day we're going to stand before the righteous judge. And what's going to be, what is it going to be? What is he going to say? Case dismissed because all of us have cases. But the blood of Jesus, you know, I'm speaking out here to the church. The blood of Christ will wash us. The blood of Christ will wash all of us from the things that we've done in this body. All we have to do is repent and ask him. So so we see in verse 5, yet because this widow troubles me, he didn't do it. Uh, out of out of uh, uh, a righteous judgment like this, like like the example that I gave. This man said, "You know, I'm going to do it just because of my own, for my own selfish reasons. You know, I'm going to do it because I'm really tired of, the, of this lady coming to see me." And then in verse six, and the Lord said, "Hear what the unjust judge said." Okay, he said, "Yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her." I'm going to do the right thing, lest by her continual coming she weary me. All right? So he had the bad motive, but he did the right thing with the bad motive, right? And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. The unjust said, and shall not God. All right? So now we're switching it, okay? Shall not God avenge his own elect? So we need to be careful. Be careful what we do to our brothers and sisters. We need to be careful how we treat each other. I mean, I mean, all of us. Careful about these relationships that we have with our brothers and sisters and how we treat each other because God is watching, right? He's searching high and low. He sees it all, hears it all. He has the, uh, uh, he knows our hearts, the very intentions of our hearts. He knows when we speak to each other, whether it's, sarcasm, dripping with sarcasm, God knows all that. And we, we have to remember we're talking to another child of God. And then even outside of the church, we should be treating everyone with respect, right, from a certain level of respect. All right, so he said, uh, but back to verse 7, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, okay, though he bearing bear long with them? He's saying that when we come to God, he's likening this widow's coming to the judge, he's likening that to prayer. That's the parallel there, that he's, he's likening that to prayer, and he's saying that even though there's a delay, we should not, that's, what, that's the first part of uh, verse, verse uh, 1. He says not to faint, because sometimes in God's delays, his delay is not a note. Sometimes he delays it because we are supposed to learn in those delays. He wants to see us standing in faith. He just said it right in verse in 18, chapter 18, verse 1. He says we should always pray and not to faint. And I've also heard something that, that apparently is not true. They say once you pray to God, you pray it, and if you if you prayed it in faith, then leave it there, and you don't have to you don't come back to God anymore. But apparently in this example by the Lord himself, he doesn't have a problem with that coming to him. He's saying that, you know, that, that other one, he, he had a bad attitude. That judge has a bad attitude coming towards him. You know, he, he gets uh, upset, irritated through the activity of prayer, you know, that communication. 
But our God is not upset with that. He's not like men. All right? He's not like men. God said what? He said that prayer is like crying day and night unto him. So he hears it. And though he bear long with him, with them, he's saying even though there may be a delay in the answer, he wants us to stand in faith. Now, how do we know? Let's go to verse 8. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, all right, now here we go. <laughs> Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? That's what it's all about, folks. It's all about faith. We can't do anything without faith. Uh, Hebrews 11 goes into a lot of detail about faith, you know, and the power of prayer is illustrated even if we look at Luke 22, verses 31 through 32. The scripture says that our Lord told Peter, he said, Satan has desired, okay, he's, he's come, to, come to God, desiring to, to have you and to sift you as wheat, okay? But what did, what did Christ say? He said, but I pray. Now, now, isn't that something? He said, I pray that your faith fails not. He doesn't want us to stop praying, y'all. We got to pray for each other. We got to get that into our DNA, into our spiritual DNA, praying for each other. You know, if we prayed for people that we have problems with, we wouldn't have those problems wouldn't last as long if we would go ahead and pray and do those things that God is asking us to do. It's a wonderful thing for God to give us such a tool, and it may be one of the most unused tools uh, uh, that he's ever given us, prayer. To be able to ask God and, and, and being a child of God. And if you're not a child of God, you should seriously consider where you stand. If you died today, where would you stand? When you come before the, the, the righteous judge, God, the scripture says that Christ is, is standing as an advocate for us. He's like our attorney. So, wow, when it's all over, he's going to switch from attorney to judge. And we want to be on, on the right side of the case. We want to be one of his. I know people in the world, you know, we, we judge our children differently than we judge other people don't. We do that. It's different. And he's already bought us. He's already purchased us with his own blood. He's purchased us. You know, it's a wonderful gift that he's given us in the power of prayer. So as you consider this, consider your prayer life, you know, moving forward. As I close, moving forward, consider where you stand with God right now. If you're in a backslidden position, Consider where you are. Go talk to one uh, a strong brother or sister if you're in a, in a situation, and let them pray with you. You know, God has given us all these tools, and if we would just use them, we would be a lot more effective for His kingdom. The lesson is now yours. God bless you all. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight, and we'd ask that you would stay on as we move forward. Okay. God bless you, and may heaven smile upon you, and um, we thank you so much for listening. Thinking about what you've done for me in my life, I just want to say what you really mean to me.
you're my everything, my joy and peace, you're the reason why I sing. Lord, I don't deserve anything you've given me, so I just gotta say thank you. Whoa, what's nice, but your love and grace, so I just gotta tell you this. congregation in need of lending for a building or expansion project? As your partner and advocate, Diversified Financial Network will take the time to understand your unique situation and develop a financing solution that meets your specific need. It's an exciting time for your congregation, and what you need is a company with expertise in church financing early in the process. Call us today at 1-866-513-6665. Or visit us at www.diversifiedfinancegroup.com. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. The Community Corner. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the portion of the broadcast 
where it's simply designed to tell our listeners just what products and services are being offered in our communities and how you can contact these various vendors for their services. Ladies and gentlemen, you'd be surprised to know just what products and services that are being offered from those people who are sitting right there among us in our congregations. This is one of my favorite segments because we get a chance to hear just what are some of the things that people are doing around us to serve in our community. We've had people on this show who are involved in financial services, um, legal services. We've had authors, uh, college consultants, professional boxers who are community activists. We've had NFL players on this show, uh, casting producers for TV shows, farmers, comedians, you name it, we've had them on this broadcast. So we're just excited about this segment and we just want to make the saints aware of just what services are available to them in their communities. And uh, my special guest at the community corner this evening is Sonda A. Hill from Rocky Mount, North Carolina. She's an educator. Sonda, did I pronounce your name right? It's Shonda. Shonda. Okay. How you doing, Shonda? Yeah. I'm great. How are you this evening? I'm doing fine. You have a real pleasant voice. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> I try. Why don't, you introduce, why, don't you introduce our, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners, for those who may not be familiar with you? Okay. Thank you so much. Hi, my name is Shonda Hill. I'm out of Rocky Mount, North Carolina. Um, I'm listed as an educator, but I like to think of myself as a servant leader. Um, I feel that in life you try to look and you see what blessings you've been given and what it is that the Lord wants you to do. And I feel that being an educator is something that I'm really good at and that I'm blessed with being able to do in one capacity of another. So, so I have been – yes, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say that um, I have been a, a science teacher from 6th through 12th grade, and also I've taught um, at the college level. But I am into a new venture now where I'm trying to help families, to educate families, um, my own family to begin with, and as many in the community as I can. So what are some of the things that you're doing in the community to serve? Okay, well, what I'm doing now is I'm really trying to help families with their financial planning, and I've been listening in on the conversations. And the last guest speaker that you had, one thing that he was saying was he was talking about how we have so many things that are going on in our lives right now, from the pandemic to gas prices rising because of the war in the Ukraine and all those different things. So one thing that I would like for people in our community to better be able to do is to plan for their futures. Because if you have that financial cushion, then it's going to help to insulate us or protect you from the ups and swings that life um, gives you. So do you mind if I ask you a few questions? Sure, go right ahead. Okay, great. So I'm not going to guess your age, but can you think back to maybe the first job that you had when, well, the job that you had when you were about 20 years old? I now, used to work in a clothing store. <laughs> I, I used to, I, I'd okay. tell you exactly what I was doing when I was 20 years old. I worked in a clothing store in High Point, North Carolina. I'll never forget it because the name of the clothing okay. store was 
tops, bottoms, and soul. I'll never forget that. Okay, all right. Tops, bottoms, well, and soul. That was the name of it. I used to work at Blockbuster. They don't even okay. exist. <laughs> okay, well, my well that clothing store has been going out of business for 30 years now. So. All right. So let but me it was ask fun. you, when you were 20 years old, do you think with the money that you made on that job at Tops, Bottoms, and Souls that you would be able to afford all the things that you needed in life, like a home? Um, no. You sound like a man who likes a nice car and nice right. fashion. Yeah, and I, 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 <laughs> I couldn't afford, afford nothing. No. <laughs> They okay, let me, right. Well, they let I me wear that. most of us would say that, right? <laughs> hey, they let me wear their clothes to, to school, though. I did enjoy that much. I was on a commission. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. Now, what if I asked you, could you have saved $2 a day at that age? I probably could have, but that's not where my head was at because I was right, I was spending but- all my money, you know. Right, right. But if maybe if you cut out mm, a drink and a snack, because, you know, we, we could have ate a little bit with $2 back then, right? Yeah. But you're talking about a 20-year-old. We ain't thinking about saving no money. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have this, this chart that I'm looking at that if you started saving just $2 a day when you were 20 years old, that you could actually save $730 a year, which would make you end up retiring in your 60s being a millionaire or by age 60 being a millionaire. Well, I have a confession to make. Would that be worth learning more about? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I have a confession to make, though. Okay. I retired at 38. Oh. See, you need to – how many other people – know how to do what you did. A lot of people could have done it. <laughs> right. But you, had to vol- but you had to volunteer to do it. Okay. How were you able to do it? I I volunteered. I was on active duty. Military. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A lot of people wasn't and willing to do that at that time. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your service. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Yes, now, you, you so retired much. as a young man. Yes, I did. I know that wasn't the end of everything. You weren't trying to eat um, crackers and soup for the rest of your life. I know that's right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what we do with um, the business that I'm in is we ask people. We try to find out what is it that they want to do. Do you want to make more money? Do you want to make your money grow? Or do you want to make your money work better for you? And sometimes yeah. it could be all three of those. Right. So you hold seminars? Um, yes, we do. Um, now, of course, in the time of the pandemic, we do more Zoom. So everything is capable by Zoom. So it doesn't matter how near or far you are. And it doesn't matter if, you know, if your your comfort level is not to be face-to-face with someone. That's perfectly all right. And um, I know I was listening to the commercials talking about church groups and stuff. The best way to get out information to everyone is, of course, like I said, these are things. Um, I have two daughters of my own. One is 21. So you talk about the 20-year-old, but I already have her saving. I know that's right. And 
Right. And one is 14. And so I'm teaching her those same things. So my, for myself, I'm still studying the financial planning, and I didn't give my age. I'm 45. So I wish I would have known all these things when I was younger because I probably would have gone, hmm, $2. I, I could skip doing something for $2. So are <laughs> you writing a book about this? Retire. Have you written a book about financial planning? I'm not writing a book planning? about it. Um, I'm not. I'm still in the process of learning because I, I like to consider myself a, a lifelong learner. And there's always something that someone can teach me, and I'm not the only one that's just teaching it. So, okay. you know, even in the classroom setting, I learn things from my students all the time. Now, where do you teach at? Um, I'm actually at Northern Nash High School in Rocky Mount. Okay. And now, I've my been in a, a you say high point. Yes. I was going to say, if my listeners want to get a hold of you to get some information from you or to get some assistance from you, how can they contact you? Mm-hmm. Well, a good email for me is heal, H-I-L-L, Shonda, S-H-A-N-D-A, 76 at gmail.com. Or they can contact me, um, text or call at 252-452-2783. Okay. Were you finished with your presentation? I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, no, no. It's fine. Um, well, basically, I was just trying to give you a little taste of, of things that um, the services that I offer can do for you. So, will you sound like someone that's on the right path, but we know, all of us know people that are either trying to get out of debt or maybe just need a plan. Um, like for me, if there's a goal that you have and you don't really know how to save for those things in the future, do you want to save for a house? The cost of everything is going up now. Do you want to save for college for your kids? Do you want to, or there's a new thing that I heard, education or entrepreneurship. I like that. So do you want to give your children the opportunity to start their own business or for an education so education either way um mm-hmm, go ahead well i was just gonna say i just certainly appreciate you coming on the community corner and sharing your vision with us and thank you so much for having me come back again sometime let us know what you're doing give us an update all right okay i sure will Ladies thank and you gentlemen. and do you mind if i give that contact information one more time sure go right ahead Okay, again, everyone, that's Shonda Hill. You can reach me at Hill Shonda, H-I-L-L-S-H-A-N-D-A, 76 at gmail.com or at 252-452-2783. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you so much, Shonda, for joining us here in the Community Corner. Certainly appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen. The Community Corner. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned for my co-host, Lou Gibbers. He's coming up next after the break. It ain't easy, no. Sometimes it gets hard down here, Lord. Sometimes it gets rough, so rough, so rough. Sometimes it gets tough. 
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now my co-host, Lou Gilbert, and his subject, Seek the Lord and Live. You own Lou. Yes. Good afternoon. Good evening. Can you hear me now? We had some difficult, some technical difficulties earlier. Can you hear me now? Uh, amen. I'm certainly certain you can't uh, if uh, you have not turned me off yet. But good to see everybody tonight. Uh, oh, give thanks unto the Lord for He is good; His mercy endures forever. The Bible still says that the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let me ask you a question. Has God been good to you? Has God blessed your life? Has God brought you from perhaps a mighty, mighty long way? You certainly can say so on tonight. No wonder David said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I don't know about you tonight, but I'm glad to be in the house. Amen and amen again. I want to turn your attention to the book of Amos chapter 5. Go to Amos chapter 5. As always, we are extremely grateful to have been invited to uh, participate on a monthly basis on this uh, great uh, program. Uh, what a word from the Lord. It's a very, a very encouraging uh, broadcast uh, with the music and the community uh, events uh, and uh, the word of God, which is always uh, powerful to hear uh, by God's great men. And so, again, our hats go off once again to our illustrious host, uh, Brother Stevie B. We're just grateful uh, to uh, know him and glad that God is using him in a very powerful, powerful way. Turn with me to the book of Amos chapter 5. Amos chapter 5, one of those Old Testament uh, minor prophet books, a short book, uh, the book of, of Amos and uh, about uh, six chapters, uh, seven chapters or so, and uh, we're just uh, we're going to take a look at some things with eight, nine chapters, uh, still a small book, as we look at uh, what the Lord has to say through the prophet uh, Amos. Amos chapter 5, verse number 1, the uh, NIV says, Hear this word, Israel, this lament I take up concerning you. Fallen is virgin Israel, never to rise again, deserted in her own land, with no one to lift her up. This is what the sovereign Lord says to Israel. Your city that marches out a thousand strong will have only a hundred left. Your town that marches out a hundred strong will, all, will have only ten left. This is what the Lord says to Israel. Seek me and live. Do not seek Bethel. Do not go to Gilgal. Do not journey to Beersheba, for Gilgal will surely go into exile, and Bethel will be reduced to nothing. Seek the Lord and live, or he will sweep through the tribes of Joseph like a fire. It will devour them, and Bethel will have no one to quench it. There are those who turn justice into bitterness and cast righteousness to the ground. He who made the Pleiades and Orion, who turns midnight into dawn 
and darkens day into night, who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out over the face of the land. The Lord is his name. With a binding, blinding flash, he destroys the stronghold and brings the fortified city to ruin. There are those who hate the one who upholds justice in court and detest the one who tells the truth. Thus is the reading of uh, the book of Nehemiah of Amos, chapter number five, uh, the first part of the chapter. Uh, my topic tonight is seek the Lord and live. Seek the Lord and live. As one considers the climate of the nation to which Amos makes his appeal, one can argue without fear of successful contradiction that our present world appears to be, if not already, approaching such a crossroads in history. The proposition was simple, seek the Lord and live. However, the words spoken by the prophet had become an empty, meaningless echo in the wind. Such could easily be applied to our day. Uh, the people of God in the north, uh, Israel, had sunk into places deep beneath their privilege. The word of the Lord was proclaimed, repeat, replete with threats and admonitions, but it was ignored. It was made clear, but misrepresented. It was extended in mercy and grace, but dismissed, much like the current crisis in our world. Although they excelled in material wealth and possessions, they lagged in matters of justice and compassion. As a nation and even as individuals, their actions betrayed their faith, and their light of salvation was eclipsed by the passing pleasures of wickedness and contempt. Like that nation, there are those in our day that play with and toy with the idea of religion and spirituality. Many operate under the false impression that because we know the way to the house of God and speak the language of doctrine, that we are exempt from righteousness and purity. Too often, we overlook, override, and despise the poor, afflicted, and oppressed. As a nation, even, we claim to serve the God of justice, but the water of justice has become stagnant with sin, and the mighty stream of righteousness has become a stopped-up dam of iniquity. The perversion of justice runs as deep today as it did in those days. It doesn't take much to see how the rich in luxurious palaces built on the blood of the poor. We don't have to journey far to witness those sitting at the tables of good and plenty while others are set at their gates daily in hunger. To make matters worse, many in our modern world shake hands with the right hand in the light while taking bribes with the left hand in the dark. Stay on the line. Uh, still, many in the day of Amos, as well as this day, in their delusions say, the Lord God Almighty is with us, chapter 5 and verse 14. But these people will not seek the Lord so they can live. They say again, the Lord God Almighty is with us, but they will not seek the Lord and live. So the relevant question is what kind of people today 
will seek the Lord and live. We know what they did. They did not seek the Lord, and thus they were destroyed. They were carried away. But my question is for us today, again, the relevant question, and it must be a question. The relevant question is what kind of people today will seek the Lord and live? I believe an examination of this text informs us that those who will seek the Lord and live are those who understand the plea of God, value the preference of God, and acknowledge the power of God. Y'all didn't hear what I said. I said, those again in this world today who will seek the Lord and live are those who understand the plea of God, value the preference of God, and acknowledge the power of God. Stay with me. Understanding the plea of God. Uh, Amos, this this prophet uh, who was called on the scene, one with a burden for God's people, taken from his humble roots and thrust on the scene, he delivers God's passionate and deliberate message, and it's simply, seek me and live. We see the intensity and the urgency of his pleading in the first few verses leading up to this section in that he speaks in a terms of a lament, a lamentation, in other words, a funeral dirge. He is expressing God's heart of sorrow and mourning at their current state of decline. They had fallen and could not and would not get up. He is writing this portion in hopes that maybe someone will accept this offer of grace and the expression of mercy. Uh, You know, this is not so foreign as we read in Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 8 uh, through 10, 1 through 10, but there around uh, verse number 8, it says, if that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of that evil that I thought to do unto them. Remember, he's the plot potter and they were the clay, as well as God's dealings with Jonah. You remember when God was dealing with Jonah, Jonah chapter 3 and verse 10, and God saw their works and they turned from their evil way and God repented of the evil that he said that he would due unto them, and he did it not. You see, for judgment comes, for until judgment comes, individuals still have the opportunity to repent by the grace of God. Uh, Until the final judgment comes, again, uh, we have an opportunity to repent before by the grace of God. And Amos's words in chapter 5 were his last effort, if you will, to persuade the people to repent and return to God. You know, uh, we just finished this, the holiday season, and there was a season a few months ago called Christmas. And, and as I was writing this, uh, it, it appeared to me that it's as if uh, Amos was writing their own obituary in hopes of shocking them to change. It recalls the Christmas tale, uh, uh, Dickens, uh, a Christmas carol, rather, a Christmas carol. Uh, Y'all know the one with uh, when Ebenezer Scrooge, a lonely, stingy, cruel, selfish individual, receives a series of visits from the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and finally the future. His heartless 
empty and selfless, selfish life was played out before his eyes, and in the end, he died alone with no one to mourn his passing. You know, it's one thing to die. We're all going to do that. But to die with no care, with no hope, and with no one uh, to cares is certainly an awful state. The reminder, my friends, uh, the reminder uh, is uh, of his, the reminder, the only reminder, rather, of his existence was uh, an unkept tombstone off in the corner of the graveyard. And seeing this, he awoke. Uh, he underwent a life-changing transformation. He wanted to live, so he mended his ways. So in other words, God, somebody was showing him his life, and when he saw the end, he changed his life. Well, God is showing the nation, the people of Israel, his children, He's showing them, he's telling them, he's pleading them, he's writing their obituary for them to see, hoping to get them to wake up, to repent, to seek him, and their situation could end differently. You know, but unlike Mr. Scrooge, who finally woke up, God's people would refuse to listen, and they did not wake up. Uh, For Amos, uh, to seek God means seeking good, doing justice, and rightness. The message is to call Israel to repent from her sins and seek God as the only way uh, to be free of God's punishment and judgment. It means to worship God in the right way, uh, seeking the word of the Lord. It, It speaks of a direct encounter with God, getting into the right relationship true obedience. Uh, Yes, to seek the Lord is more than just a casual look uh, to seek, uh, to look or to seek uh, something that is lost. It means uh, he's telling them to come back and worship me, to turn back, to turn to him, uh, not in a ritual form of worship, but by doing good and hating evil. He says in verse 18, hate the evil and love the good and establish judgment in the gate. It may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious unto the remnant of Joseph. He was giving them a chance. He was saying, you know, uh, you have to hate evil. This is the way uh, to righteousness. And so I say today, do we hate uh, evil or are we just annoyed by it? Do we hate evil or are we just inconvenienced by it? Do we hate evil or are we just disturbed, disturbed and concerned about it? Well, more than looking for God's help and guidance. Uh, It stood for one's whole duty toward God. So when he says, seek the Lord and live, he's talking about someone uh, whose whole duty would be toward God. And this entailed being all of God's laws. Uh, Those who did would live. That's the proposition. Seek the Lord and live. Those who did would live when the unquenchable and devouring fire of the invaders swept through the house of Joseph, the northern kingdom. The seekers would be the remnant spared in mercy. The proposition is simple. If you seek the Lord, when the fire comes down, you will live. National judgment was certain. God was going to sweep them away, but still some of them could live. Uh, think about the idea of living. Uh, to live in the context uh, carries an idea to live well, to be prosperous, to flourish, uh, to continue, to be safe and sound, 
to live again, to revive, to recover health, to live. He's giving them an opportunity uh, to cause to live, to make alive, to give life, to keep alive, to call back, to restore to life. His plea is one that expresses the sovereignty of God to change his course in terms of repent if the terms of repentance are met. It, it's it's of interest that this portion of the writing is perhaps the centerpiece of the entire book if you read the book of Amos. Uh, the centerpiece grabs the attention on the table, if you will. Uh, it's placed in the middle of such passages uh, in, in chapter 4, verse 12, uh, he tells them, prepare to meet your God. And then in chapter 8, verse 2, he says, that's it, I will spare them no longer. Uh, between doom and destruction, uh, the carrying away, uh, between the prepare to meet thy God and the actual carrying away. In other words, he's giving them a little light in the dark place, a little spark in order of the kind of the chaos God is extending a hand of grace that can rescue them if they would just repent from the heart God is giving them another opportunity you know God is good and that while we deserve we deserve the pit of hell God will make provision that if we follow we will be led to life aren't you glad of that aren't you glad that God extends his mercy even to us today how many times in our lives have we been between a prepared to meet thy god and the ultimate doom destruction was all around no way out of a bad situation that we cause many times but god because of his desire for us to live god wants you to live church God wants you to live, but God wants you to look at your life, and God says, all right, now I'm giving you this opportunity. If you woke up this morning, you have an opportunity to get it right. He extends an arm of grace and a hand of mercy, and the same proposition, again, is on the table today. God is telling us today, America. He's telling us today, Church of, Church of Christ. He's saying, seek the Lord and live. Uh, the one who will live today, the one who will live today understands that although it may not end well for the masses, not everybody's going to make the boat, it's still possible to survive because of the goodness of God in your life. Understand today that it was never God's will that men, women, boys, and girls would perish. God still gives us an opportunity, but it's one that we must take. Not only must we understand the plea of God, because, again, God was pleading with them, uh, but those who will live today also uh, must also value the preference of God. What do I mean? Value the preference of God. In other words, no one understand what God wants. Notice in the text how Amos paints the picture by way of contrast, sort of uh, do this and not that, to impress upon them the fact that although you may believe you are doing the Lord and yourself a favor by going to worship, they were in fact only participating in empty, vain rituals. You see, true worship is what God deserves, is what God what is God's preference? Uh, don't don't rely on uh, help from uh, the center 
of uh, don't rely on on the help from uh, the center of, of of cultic worship is what he's saying in the text. They will fall. Don't look to anywhere else. Uh, he's saying don't go to Bethel. It's not at Bethel. It's not at Gilgal. It's not at Beersheba. Uh, these were places of idolatry, places that became uh, places of, of idolatry, idolatrous worship. Uh, they were just lip service. But God is actually, uh, but really God, what God wants is us for us to know him, for us to understand him. You know, just because you are in the house doesn't mean you know God. There are a lot of folk that are in the house every Lord's Day, but yet don't know God. I don't know why they show up. They show up for everything but what they should show up for. They are in the house, but do they really know God? They thought they could do whatever they wanted and still show up at church and think that it was enough. First, they were going to the wrong places, but more than that, they thought by their going that they were somehow pleasing God. But their hearts, my friends, their hearts were not right. They were going through the motions. They were going to Bethel. They were going uh, to Gilgal. They were going to Bathsheba. And all of those places, again, had become places of, of, of uh, idol worship uh, and even, you know, idol worship in the heart they thought they were doing god a favor but really they were in the wrong in the wrong place and if you're not following god you're in the wrong place no matter where you are israel had israel also began wicked practices at gilgal uh at the time of hosea and amos so they understood what what the prophet was talking about and again the last place he mentioned is beersheba in the southern part of judah's territory. These were places, again, where God's people would go, uh, perhaps at first for the right reason, but again, their hearts began to be turned from God. Uh, apparently, uh, there was such a high place in Beersheba at the days of Amos as well. And so what am I saying? Although Israel was in, was in uh, prosperous and economic uh, and uh, politics, but in, in, in spiritually, uh, in a spiritual way, uh, Israel did wicked things, and they were worshiping other gods in Bethel, Gilgal, and Beersheba. What's my point in all of this? The point is the people were exhorted to seek the Lord instead of seeking shrines. The point is simple, that in their superficial attempts to worship God, they were heading in the wrong direction. Theirs was an issue of external religion. Y'all didn't hear what I said. External religion. Their religion was not to the true God of heaven, but to the idols of their own hands. Are we much different today? We seek our buildings. We seek wealth. We seek education. We seek popularity. We seek talent. We seek abilities. We seek uh, gifts. All of these are empty and take you in the wrong direction if God is not at the center of our lives. You know, again, uh, case in point, Bethel uh, was to be, was at once called, or Bethel was named uh, the house of God, but yet it became uh, the house of Avon or the house of nothing. And so uh, God is telling them, he's saying, you can either get with this the right way or that the wrong way. Uh, this seeking God is life. 
That seeking elsewhere is destruction. This seeking God is safety. That seeking elsewhere is danger. This seeking God is health. That seeking otherwise is sickness. This is justice. That is injustice. This is peace seeking God. That is war uh, seeking uh, the devil, uh, uh, the contrary part. This is life seeking God. That way, the other way is death. So those who seek the Lord and live today not only value God's preference, know what God wants, but they must acknowledge the power of God. Here's where it gets interesting. Again, it seems like a simple proposition. God is powerful. Punishment was approaching. That was certain. It was a done deal. Uh, Amos reminds them that just in case they forgot of the power of God, just how powerful God is. And he does this in poetic fashion. He reminds them of who they're dealing with, who can make good on his promises. God can make good on his promises. God could have stopped it right then and there if he wanted to, and he wanted them to understand that he can condescend on our belief and display compassion and heartache, but he also is a consuming fire. He can see our affliction, hear our cry, and know our sorrows, and at the same time fight our battles over nations. He is greatly to be feared, able to save, and able to destroy. So we see, church, God's people, those called by his name, we need to be reminded just how powerful our God is from time to time. We have to be reminded just how good God is. And so in, in this doxology, which is a, a, a second doxology, the first one is in chapter 4, verse 13. But in this one, he expresses uh, the awesome glory, uh, majesty, and power of the Lord, which they could not escape. For the Lord is the creator and sustainer of all nature, of the heavens and all that there is. This God, he says, the Lord is his name, Yahweh. What is special about this God? This God has made all of the stars and constellations, the Pleiades and, and the Orion. This God turns midnight into, into dawn. This God darkens day into night. This God calls for waters of the sea. This God pours them out over the face of the land. This God, the Lord is his name. This God destroys the stronghold with a flash. This God brings the fortified city to a ruin. This God, the Lord, Yahweh, is his name. He's an all-powerful God all by himself. And so shall we seek the Lord and live today again to seek the Lord is to fear, love, honor, trust, embrace, follow, and obey him in every way. Even Jesus demands that we seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. The question is today, are we going to be a people that seek the Lord and live? And to live is more than just a breathing more than the blood flowing through your veins, more than just the ability to walk and to talk. But living is centering your life on Jesus. Jesus came to give us full and abundant life. And are we living life or just merely existing? And as a nation, I think we know the answer to that question. But as a people of God, as a body, as the church of Christ, are we living 
or are we are we concerned with justice? Are we concerned with righteousness? Are we concerned with rights of all lives? Who are we? Are we concerned what with what God is concerned with? God is a God of mercy. God is concerned with mercy, justice, rightness, and holiness. And while I close, let me just remind you that there's a famine in our world because there's no peace among the nations. And there's no peace among the nations because there's no character in our government. There's no character in our government because there's no leadership in our cities. There's no leadership in our cities because there's no community in our neighborhoods. And there's no community in our neighborhoods because there's no life in the home. And there's no life in the home because very few are seeking the Lord. And when more seek the Lord, there will be life. And when there's life in the home, there will be community in our neighborhoods. When there's community in our neighborhoods, there will be leadership in our cities. When there is leadership in our cities, there will be character in our government. When there is character in our government, there will be peace in the nations. Let peace, let there be peace, mercy, and love. Let there be justice. For Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. Are we ones today that seek the Lord and live? Let's understand what that means this evening. Once again, are we ones are we individuals that seek the Lord and live in our lives? Do we understand the plea of God? God is pleading. God doesn't want anybody lost. But do we value the preference of God? God wants you to seek him. And still, do we acknowledge the power of God? God can do it. We just have to trust him. But if we don't trust him, God's will will be done. And so, my friends, that's my lesson tonight. I want you to seek the Lord and live. If you're not a member of the body of Christ, of the church of Christ, you come by hearing the gospel of Christ. You come by believing that same gospel. You come by repenting of your sins. You come by confessing Christ and being baptized in water for the remission, the removal, the stripping away of your sins. If you need to talk to us here in Philadelphia, we meet at 7630 Woodbine Avenue in the city of Philadelphia. We're open Sunday morning beginning at 930, and also we have morning worship in in person at 11 a.m. Just wear your mask. Amen. God is still good. Wear your mask. And then if you need us during the week, you can reach out to us here on this station and they'll get word to me. If you need prayer, we want to pray for you. If you need baptism, we want to baptize you for the remission, the removal, the stripping away of your sins. If you just need some help, reach out to us. And so now again, now to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly and above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen and amen. God bless you, and may he bless you real good. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show.
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for spending a little time with us this evening in the study of God's Word. I want to thank both of my speakers on the show tonight. My special guest, George Devane, did a great job in his proclamation of the gospel of Christ. As well as my co-host, Lou Gibbs, he always does a great job as well in his proclamation of the gospel of Christ. I also want to thank my special guest, Shauna A. Hill from Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. certainly appreciate her coming in joining us on the Community Corner tonight. I really appreciate everyone who participated on the show this evening. What a blessing it is to be able to put on a show like this during the week. It's my prayer that these lessons this evening have been beneficial to your spiritual lives and your relationship with the Lord's been strengthened because you're not only tuned in to this radio broadcast, but you've given yourself over to a study of God's Word. So until we meet again, I pray God's continued blessings upon your lives and that he bless you real Real good. You've been listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. On behalf of my co-hosts, Isa Mullen, Shauna Otis, and Lou Gibbons, and Kelly Fletcher, we really do appreciate your love and support for these radio programs. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler. Good night, everybody. God bless you. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show.
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. You've been listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show, episode 223. All right, true worshippers. It's time to forget about all the trouble the devil's brought in our life. Give it over to God. Yeah. I want you to know right now, it's this time. We gotta give it praise. Let everybody